0: If you have any questions for me or my guests, please email me at grant.magaw, spelled M-C-G-A-U-G-H, at 5-star B-D-M, B for brand, D for development, M for masters, dot com. Now let's begin with our next 5-star episode on Follow the Brand. When you are an entrepreneur, you are driven by the challenge and intrigue of the business journey and financial empowerment. Your reward is the excitement you gain from a genuine feeling of adventure. Graham Brown says his journey started in telecom and communication, which led him to become one of the world's most recognized podcasters. Brown started podcasting as a hobby to reach out to entrepreneurial nomads like himself which led him to Southeast Asia to meet billionaire Tony Fernandez of AirAsia to start building a podcast business asset to leverage the human connection. Graham believes leadership is storytelling. Graham helps corporate leaders find their authentic voice through creating their own podcast and speaking on other creative and interesting podcasts. Graham has posted guested on and produced over 2,000 podcast episodes since 2014. A graduate of artificial intelligence and cognitive psychology from Sussex University and Entrepreneurship Harvard Business School, Brown is the founder of Pitch Media Asia, Asia's largest podcast media house, and he is best known for being the show host of Asia Tech Podcast podcast show, and Pitch Deck Asia shows which spans 500 episodes across 15 Asian markets. Graham is also the founder of Bacall & Company, award-winning podcast agency, an AI-powered data-driven B2B podcast agency in Singapore. He is also a published author on the subject of the Digital Transformation of Communication, works, including the Human Communication Playbook, The Mobile Youth, Voices of the Connected Generation, documenting the rise of mobile culture in the early 2000s in Japan, China, Africa, and India, and also Brand Love, How to Build a Brand Worth Talking About. Brown shares lessons learned from helping some of the world's leading organizations, such as McKinsey. UTI, Julius Baird, UPS, and the Singapore government find their voice with podcasts. As an entrepreneur, Brown founded Mobile Youth in 2000, the world's first youth-focused telecoms company, and built it into a multinational company spanning 45 countries. He has appeared on CNN, CNBC, BBC TV, Financial Times, The Guardian and Wall Street Journal. A prolific public speaker, he has spoken on topics ranging from marketing innovation to early stage startup investment. Throughout his exciting career, he has helped shape the marketing strategy of clients such as UNICEF, MTV, the European Commission, Disney, and Monster Energy drinks, and even participated in the rollout of the world's first consumer mobile internet services on NTT, Docomo's iMode in Japan during the 1990s. A student of the world, Brown has lived in countries such as New Zealand, the UK, Spain, Japan, and Singapore, and speaks fluent Japanese, Spanish, and English. Let's welcome Graham Brown to the the Brand podcast where we are building a five-star brand that you can follow. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another great episode of Follow the Brand. You know, we're international. I don't know a lot of people knew that, but we are international. We started out here in Little Miami, Florida, and we went throughout the nation, and we have been reaching across the pond. Uh, We just had some reach gas from all the way over in Europe. Now we're going to go way out to the, uh, into the Pacific and, you know, these, these islands, I think they're called the Philippines or in Singapore or something like they, they're out in a no man's land for me. Um, but we're going to have Graham Brown come to the, bro- to the show. He has been an historical podcaster. I call him, He's the pioneer in my world. I mean, he's been doing this for a very, very long time. He teaches others how to do it at, at a high level And he's, you know, he's been able to attract a lot of corporate sponsors and people that are large corporations that are looking to get into the podcasting realm and do it at at, at a level that they can truly share some knowledge, share some intelligence, and and bring, you know, whatever they're bringing to the table, their brand to the table at a much higher level. So without further ado, let's hear from Mr. Graham Brown. Hey, Grant, It's great to be here. Yeah. Greetings from the
1: Singapore Sorry. Yeah, you got the Pacific part, right? We are on the other sides of the world. So follow the brand, folks. Is going international. We've got That's global right. coverage. Follow
0: the sun coverage now. <laughs> now, you have an interesting story. I know you've been there a few years and, you know, you, you've tracked over there. Now, I mm. want to know, how did you get out to the Philippines I mean, of all the places? Singapore. Singapore. I, I know. I, I know it's the saying. same area. It's, yeah. it's generally. Well, let's talk about that. You know, what? Yeah. what is it like a few miles, hundreds of miles, or is it sight distance? How far is Singapore from the Philippines? Ah, uh, so it's probably like uh
1: from yours to Chicago, or maybe further out.
0: A little further bit. out. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. But it's Different the time a big place. place?
0: It's a big place.
1: <laughs> it's far. You gotta cross the ocean as well. So it's but we're all in Asia. I mean, we're all in Southeast Asia. Correct. So Correct. That's the region. Correct. I mean, Asia itself, there's half the world's population here.
0: It's more yeah, so, than afterward. If I remember yeah. right, I mean there are a ton of people uh, that live in that part of the world, and it just really expands your awareness. So, tell us where do you get, where do you hail from? Where did you get your start? I'm from
1: England. Yeah, I was born in England many years ago, uh, but I haven't lived there for almost ten years. And uh, about nine, it was 2012. I had a telecoms business, which uh, it came sort of the end of its life time. So it was a a successful telecoms business involved in communications, communications marketing, and helping large telcos in their communication strategy. And then 2012, I sold everything. My share in the business, sold all our, you know, worldly goods. So clothes, you know, the car, the house, everything. And then myself, my wife, and my six-year-old son, we went traveling. So we decided we'd go and see a bit of the world because I didn't want to start another business. And I uh, didn't really have the appetite to get back into it, so we went. We packed everything into three suitcases, Grant—literally three suitcases—and then bought a one-way ticket to New Zealand, and uh, travelled the world for six years. So that was the story. So we went everywhere, you know, living on islands, living, you know, out in remote places. On got my son into school in some of the local schools, sold him in, you know, these sort of hilltop schools in spain like got him into one of those uh you know like learn from the locals live with the locals yeah and had a, a bit of an adventure so that that's the story then ended up in asia japan my wife's japanese and then we moved to singapore three years ago so that's the story it's not a straight line
0: Oh man, those, not not the at most all. Most
1: interesting stories. So.
0: No, it sounds very intriguing. I mean, I just I, I'm picturing you, you know, with a backpack, and you're going through you know, Europe, and then you're getting on these little boats, right, with this little your, your yeah. wife and your child, and you're going to these little islands, and you're just you're negotiating after with the
1: another. captain for payment. You know, like <laughs> everything's haggling and bargaining, and yeah.
0: So now, now, now we have some more commonality in our backgrounds. I have a large mm. telecom uh, history. Mm. I worked for Lucina Technologies for like 10 years. So I got my start, you know, in, in the IT world from a communication standpoint. So I to understand telco at a pretty high level, whether it's at a carrier world or a PBX world or a VORP world and, and all that type of thing. And now here we are talking about mm. podcasting, which is a form of communication, right? Right. So now Absolutely. you got to segue into that story. Like, so did you have to get on the mic to talk your way through, to get on a passage to another country? I mean, how did, how did this
1: happen? <laughs> on an old steamer ship, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, the, I think the telecoms background really, you know, is interesting as well. We talked about this before, didn't we, Grant, is that yep. you know, in the old days of telecoms, you know, a lot of the telcos, you know, came from different areas. They were tech companies or even old you know, uh, the old sort of network exchanges like the Bells and in different countries, you'd have nationalized post offices who became telcos. So they weren't really consumer-focused, these companies. They didn't really understand this idea of what do people really want. So they didn't know how to communicate with their customers. And what happened was this late 90s, effectively, telco exploded. And they were in a situation where they were – expanding rapidly, but they didn't know anything about their customers or how to market to them. So you had that situation where even if they didn't bother understanding their customers, they would still be making a lot of money. So a very strange situation in telco at that time, that these companies were extremely successful, but really didn't understand what the pain points of their customers were. And therefore, sort of around about the late 90s when the competition started to increase and, you know, the market started to plateau, they then started investing in, okay, we actually need to do our marketing and branding a little bit better. And that's where I got involved in the communication side, helping them with that. Because before that, I'd live in 90s, I'd lived in Japan for a while and was teaching English out in Japan in the mid 90s. And I'd seen like young Japanese teenagers in the mid nineties take up and adopt these phones and use text messaging before it was even charged by the telecom operators. So in those, if you remember in the old days, the first text messages were actually only ever used by engineers.
0: Yeah. They used to send
1: these network test messages like test, ignore, you know, you get on your phone. What was that? And then young people started realizing that they could send messages to each other, without paying, because at the time, it was like a buck a minute or 50 cents a minute. So they could send these messages on their phone, like these cryptid messages, and bypass the payments. And that's how text messaging started, and it started in the mid-90s in Japan and spread to the rest of the world. I saw that happen, and then I went to these telcos, and in moving back to London at the time in the late 90s, you know, knocking on their doors and saying, Hey, I've seen the future of your brand and your marketing strategy. And they told me, we don't do kids. We're not interested. This was 1998. Yeah. None of them were interested in teenagers. And I said, this is the future. Teenagers with mobile and cell phones. No, not interested. But I have to say that the first company, and this gives me hope. This sort of brings me to podcasting. The first company, it was about Christmas, 98, 99, I think. I can't remember. There was myself and my business partner. We got a phone call. We weren't making any sales grant. You know, we were like, it was like Christmas Carol. I don't know if we're going to be able to, It's Tiny Tim. I don't know if we're going to to feed the family at Christmas. We got a phone call at our office. And there was only two of us, so hardly an office. It was a table in a basement. (laughs) Got a phone call. Company said, uh, we've seen your report that you're selling about young people and mobile phones. We really like it. We want to buy it. We're not a mobile phone company, but can we have it? I so absolutely, need the money. And it turned out to be MTV. Oh and they uh, yeah. In 98 they were a big thing, remember? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Different today, but they became our first and best client for many, many years. And that really got me into the world of communications and how to connect with people across age, cultural, you know, geographical divides. I really learned all of that. You know, working with companies like MTV and later with Red Bull, Disney, you know, some great brands, understanding how they do communications. And that really set me up later on in life to get into podcasting because the challenges are very similar. It's how do we connect, you know, across the pond, like, you know, different time zones, like different backgrounds, everything. And that's really what people are digging into now.
0: Oh, without question. As far as uh, the collapsing of time and space, right? I think uh, through COVID, you know, what what did people say, what what did you learn? Well, you learned that you can communicate internationally a lot easier than you could before, and that Mm. people are a lot closer together than we appear to be, right? And through communications, through, through that type of technology, you can connect real time with just anybody in the world. It's a matter of just setting up a shared uh, 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 protocol, right? Right got mm. to get get to uh, technical, uh, but now so now you go through this MTV, you you, you you're saved, right? You know, you had the big Christmas, you. right? Screwed is yeah. no longer at your door. <laughs> 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 and, and and this is a great story. This is a wonderful story. So now you get your your sea legs, right? Now you're 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 going. You you, you said earlier you got the company built, then you sold it, and you went on this journey. You've been six years. I mean, so help us understand where how how did that intersect with this podcasting world? Well, something funny
1: happened whilst I was enjoying life, you know, as a location independent nomad <laughs> with the family traveling around the world. I actually got quite lonely. And I think if you're an entrepreneur, Grant, and I'm sure your audience will understand is that we're wired a little bit differently. You know, we are driven by the challenge Mm -hmm. that when something is a challenge that actually is the reason why you want to do it. If it's easy, it's like, nah. But if it's a challenge, it's like, yeah, I want to do that just for the sake of doing it. And that's something that I don't think people who aren't wired like that don't understand so much you know, there is something exciting and rewarding about adversity and maybe even suffering, you know, going through that process and becoming a better person on the other side of it. So when you're lying on tropical islands and you're seeing these sort of Instagram sunsets, which I was living that lifestyle for a while, it actually gets quite boring. And you start you know, you're, the chatter in your head starts taking over. It's like, okay, I need some resistance. I need something to do. I need, need to create something. I need to reach out to people. So around about 2014, in a couple of years into the journey, I was living off the west coast of Africa in the Canary Islands, which are technically part of Spain, but they're geographically part of Africa. So they're volcanoes, like a mini Hawaii. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 200 kilometers off the West Coast. Living out there, you know, poor internet connection, um, just living a really sort of sedentary lifestyle. But then, you know, thinking actually, how do I reach out to people like me? How do I connect with people like me? Who And there were a lot of people living this kind of lifestyle, whether it was in Asia or in the Canary Islands. So I, I decided to start a podcast. And at the time, 2014, people hadn't really heard of it, you know, of course, it was a lot harder to do then. But it was easy to get hold of people, you know. So I started a podcast interviewing nomads and people living this lifestyle all in different time zones. And it was really a hobby. And then that grew and, you know, it kind of waxed and waned. I'm and then- curious.
0: What was the name of the show? I mean, what did, what did you call it?
1: Well, it it was it had two, there was two versions, two series of it. The first one was called Barefoot Journal. So... Yeah. It was sort of the journal of being a barefoot entrepreneur. Yeah. Even though yeah. I wasn't really, I mean, I w- had given up my business, but I was still an entrepreneur, you know, I was still looking for opportunity in the next thing. So that was the first part. And then it, later on, it became more professionalized, became founder FM. So I started, cause in 2016, you know, the startup scene was really hot globally. Right. So I was talking to startup founders and then when we moved to Asia and 2016 2017 i started a podcast called asia tech podcast because at the time the asian tech scene was really hot you know it was it was borrowing learning from america the valley you know china was growing very fast you know these southeast asian economies were getting a lot of venture capital funding i was living in japan so i started asia tech podcast and i did 503 episodes of that. Nice, nice. It was like this, you know, reaching out to people like Grant and saying, hey, tell me about your startup. Just getting all their stories. Yeah. And then that just grew. It just took its own life. And then, you know, just really grew fast. And the the audience grew. the, the, The people wanted to be on the podcast. And then people saying, hey, I need to do that myself. How do I do that? And then this- Thought got into me, Grant, when I was sort of semi-retired, you know, living in Japan, that actually I could make a business out of this. And it was almost like it had called me and said, you know, I'm not going to let you get away from being an entrepreneur. Here's an opportunity for you. And you've got to grasp it. And I did. And at the time, 2018, it was still early, early in the podcast story. But there were people who were interested in it commercially. And that's how it started.
0: Man, that's a great story. I know people that were involved like 2014, 2015, very small, right? You you always think like this is a one-man radio show, right? You know, kind of just doing their thing. Late night, having a guest on like Johnny Carson. We'll just do some late night podcasting, right? And You know, bring somebody on. You know, get some entrepreneur out there that can't sleep at night. Like, yeah, (laughs) I'll I'll go ahead and tell my story. Um, that is wonderful, and because now you created a whole business out of this, hmm. teaching other people how to create a successful podcast and to monetize. Now we're in our, our financial empowerment uh, series right now. So how how did that happen? How did you hmm. tell us that story? Well,
1: I'd moved from Japan to Singapore, so the family we, we upsticked and moved to. Singapore because I wanted to start a business so 2018 we came here set up a podcast studio there wasn't a lot of demand I have to confess in the early days people were in 2018 saying to us why podcast why not YouTube you know that was very much how people thought about it because you know this was pre Spotify pre I mean Spotify existed but it wasn't the entity it is now Spotify was music really then You know, pretty all the investments we've seen go into podcasting and the celebs and the big hit, you know, shows like Serial and so on. So in 2018, it was early days and we were grafting, you know, looking around for leads, deals, and there wasn't a lot. And in my sort of podcast studio, I would invite people in to continue that Asia Tech podcast vibe. And so I had a good connection. So, you know, this is the point putting out to the audience, it's still a fantastic way to network with people, sit with somebody and have that conversation. One of the guests that came said, um, you know, uh, I'll take you to some Singaporean local food hangout. So we went there and the place we went is for anybody that knows Singapore it's called Newton Hawker Center. It's like this large area where you can sit and eat. So we were sitting there having our dinner. It was packed. There was no seats left. And this couple came over and we were chatting about the podcast at the time. This couple came over and said, "Uh, can we sit there? These were the last two seats in the house. So we said, yeah, sure. Moved our bags and they went off. They came back and the guy started talking to us. And, you know, we got chatting about podcasting, um, got chatting about what we were doing. And he asked my friend what he did. My friend was working in medical devices. He asked me about my podcast studio and, you know, why you? trying to help companies start podcasts in Asia. Then I asked him, you know, what do you do? And he said, uh, I own an airline. And wow. they sitting right next to me. Yeah. This guy. So the, the guy in question is called Tony Fernandez. And he's a, a sort of a maverick billionaire businessman, sort of Mark Cuban level in the US maybe, or, um, you know, a little bit of a, a controversial character. So you're he telling said, me you
0: went to lunch with him, sat down yeah. and had a bite. Didn't Did it. you didn't know he was this? He probably loved
1: that. He laughed. I mean, he's the kind of guy that, you know, he will hang out with just average people, normal people on their daily lives just because he enjoys doing it. You know, he's not sort of heirs and graces. Yeah. So anyway, we got talking and, you know, the, the hour was up. his His private jet was waiting at the airport. So his, his man came and said, okay, we've got to go, got to get the cab. And the, I turned around to him. I thought, what am I going to do? I've got to pitch this guy. This is the last time I'm ever going to see him. And he has not just an airline. He has a whole media empire. He has record labels, everything. This is my opportunity. And I said, turned to him and said, Tony, I want to do a podcast with you. That was my pitch. And I I could have gone in and said, yeah, I want you to be my client. But I knew everybody was going to be saying that. Or I want you to invest in my company. I knew he would have thousands of people, but I said, I want to do a podcast with you. And he sort of, you know, breathed in and he said, sure, let's do it. And he gave (laughs) me his WhatsApp number, right? Yeah. He said, let's make it happen. And that was it. And I thought, oh, that's the one. That's how you do it. It's such a good, such a powerful biz dev tool. I've got an hour with this guy now to do a podcast and really go deep with him. So, a few, few months later, it took a while to sort out, you know, we flew into his, uh, into the airport. So, they're based out of Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia, which is sort of central, it's the center point in the whole of Asia for logistics and airlines. So, they're based out of there. We flew in Air Asia, of course, they paid for the tickets.
0: Yeah. yeah. And
1: uh, we did the podcast and, Afterwards, we, got, we just got chatting, and he said he wanted to start a podcast business. So he said, let's start. I want to start my podcast, and you guys are going to do it.
0: <laughs> so Wonderful.
1: Well, that was the first client we got. You know, the first that's, client that's we got. two.
0: You got two. You know, you get MTV, and you're yeah. sitting there, you know, probably in your shorts, wondering, you know, where are you going to be able to afford new pants? And here you are. <laughs> <laughs> You got
1: to put yourself out there, Grant. You, you got you, to
0: put yourself out there. You got to put
1: yourself out like to your audience. It's like you know sometimes that that one deal is just around the corner. You got to put yourself out there, you know, and just have faith that it will come. And that's what happened with Tony. You've got to put yourself out there and be receptive and network. And podcasting is a great way to network. You know, for your for your listeners, you think about how else could I have played that differently? I could have mm-hmm. said to him like. I'm going to pitch you now. He would have just turned off.
0: Right, right.
1: Now think about that with all those leads, prospects that you have out there. You know, the the business owners who, you know, they've, they've all got those kind of maybe conversations in their pipeline or people who are starting their own business or if you're a consultant, you've got important and big leads out there. How do you get to them? This is such a great way of doing it you know, learn from my story is okay. It worked for me. I think it can work for a lot of people. You know, I'm not necessarily a great salesperson.
0: Oh, no, it's worked. Through. I learned that story, right? You know, I've been you know, in sales, sales professional, 20, 25 years. I remember when email was new, right? Yeah. I, 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 before that we were sending out snail mail, right? Knocking on doors and you know leaving brochures with the receptionist, you know that that was your thing, right? And then the email came like, wow, I could send out hundreds of emails. I and mean, when it first came out, people were like opening them up, and you it was really <laughs> cool. Now, man, you can't get an email through to, to anybody. Then you know the phone call, you know you pick up the phone. Ask somebody. I know people now; they don't even answer their business phone. Like I already know who's on the other line. I'm not even going to pick that up. So if you don't have a person's mobile number, you're almost out of gas. You know, the likelihood of them picking up the phone, actually listening to your voicemail, has you know just nosedive as to where it first started. So I decided last year, you know, I'm going to do a podcast and do the exact same thing that you said. I'm going to have interesting guests. I'm going to then offer those guests to come onto the show and you know, have a genuine conversation. Let, let, let's talk about it. No, you know, ulterior motive or anything like that. But it opens up uh, communications and, and networking, right? And, and, and it's opened up my world exponentially. So I am a big fan of, of podcasting. But I hear people ask me all the time, like, well, how do you get sponsors, true sponsors? you know, to, to actually give you money, uh, to, to, to do a show. So tell us more about that. Hmm.
1: Well, I work in the B2B space. So where the audience, the ideal listener, are are business individuals, I mean, they're not businesses, they're individuals. So this would apply if you're a consultant, if you're a coach, if you're a startup founder, if you're any of the above, you know, and you're selling to other businesses or, business leaders when it comes to sponsorship i tell people that you already have a sponsor for your podcast you so you already are the advertiser on your podcast and treat it like that because your ability to use that podcast to upsell your services whatever those may be or your product is huge you're not going to get a more cost effective and more authentic advertising platform and the one you have right now, which is the one where you are there as the voice and the face of the company. And you're building a relationship not only with the audience, but with all these potential partners who are guests as well. There's a lot of focus on money podcast and we should really think about, I mean, if you're in the B2C space where you're creating advertising real estate. So let's say you're creating a true crime podcast or a history podcast or a sports podcast where your goal is to get the eyeballs and earballs of your audience and then sell to an advertiser. That's different. But if you are in the business world, you should always think of yourself as the advertiser and then think, okay, how do I use this now? to sell my services, because probably the likelihood is, is your service is conceptual. You know, it's not an off the shelf product. You might be selling a course or you might be selling yourself in your time as well. So it takes time for somebody to make a decision about that. And what a great way. Now people, we used to go to the about us pages of the websites. Now people go and check out the podcast. Let's go and find out about Grant. What's he all about? I'm sure people listening now may, you know, if they would go to my website, the first thing they'll do is check out the podcast because they want to know more. You know, if they're really interested, this sure, is sure. a really authentic way of, you know, discovering the person selling these services. How, you know, compare that to the brochure, right? That we talked about in the old days.
0: That's, oh, no, that, that's, that's such an old way of doing it. What you just said, thats that's my playbook, right? That is the whole reason. Um, I started the podcast, follow a brand. I had a business five-star BDM. How can I effectively market my, my company? And yes, I can invest in a lot of different ads, you know, social media ads, but it's a one way, I call it a spray and pray type of way. Uh, and yeah. I'm not saying, you know, you shouldn't advertise, you, you know, th- there's certain ways of doing certain things, but when you're new, when people don't know you very well. They're not familiar with the brand and there's a lot of noise out there. You, know, you don't want to be just that one more pitch that they will not listen to, you know. Um, so if a person's going to tune in to a podcast, this is my thinking, they're going to invest time. They're going to invest 20, 30, 40 minutes you know, listening to a podcast that I am uh, presenting with spectacular guests like yourself. That means that they're interested, and then I've I've created in my podcast uh, uh, different advertisements built in commercials that I've created to tell you about the company that sponsors the podcast. So you're exactly right about you know uh, the the purposes of that, and it has worked uh, uh, as far as getting you know new clients, people that are interested, because I'm showing them what it is that I'm doing. And and giving knowledge and expertise just like now, I I, I applaud you for what you have done. And I, I believe that everybody has a story. Everybody has an interesting story. You have an, a, an interesting story that I, I'm continuously and continue to listen to because I like how you just said that. It's like, hey, I'm just not going to show you how to go out and you know get X Y Z uh, to sponsor your podcast. No, you use you, you are. The sponsor you create it mm-hmm. and if you do it at a good enough level and what we'll let's talk about this because we, we i mentioned this even earlier before we went live is that there's a lot of podcasts out there this episode is brought to you by five star bdm five star bdm is a professional consulting and advisory group keenly focused on business development services for small to mid-sized businesses and entrepreneurs Although every business is unique, they often share challenges that can be addressed through smart branding. Services include process improvement and operations, digital strategy and transformation, business intelligence, digital marketing, and personal branding. Our five-star business and personal branding company has helped a number of professionals and organizations to optimize and grow. The result is more business, more opportunities, better reach, positive outcomes. Please visit www.fivestarbdm.com to learn more and view all the episodes of Follow the Brand. Hmm. Some. Four million. Four million. Four. That's a lot. Some of them, you, know, you got the top level that are. I call, you know, upper echelon, very well done, beautiful. And then you have those that you're like, oh, my God, I wish they would not call that a podcast. You know, (laughs) he just (laughs)
1: stopped.
0: That was my first one. (laughs) You know, you know, so there's there's some levels of professionalism that has to take place in a podcast setting, and when you're going to bring somebody like I, I have conversations like, well, why do you want to do first? You have to have that. Why? Why do you mm-hmm. want to do this? And do you understand that does it is a time commitment? It's, it's a lot of commitment of time, uh, money, resources. And you know, how are you going to leverage network uh, to to have a consistent stream of uh, guests? If you're doing guests, some people don't do guests. You know, it might be a one on one, but you've got to really think it through to be successful. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah,
1: you're really, the commitment part is key here, Grant. And you've made the commitment. I think you have to go into this long term. You're building an asset. You know, you talk about the show, which you advertise on it yourself. What a great asset that is. And unlike advertising on somebody's website or on a search page, you own it. So you can take it and do whatever you want with it. And guess what, 10 years from now, people can still be listening to this episode. How wonderful is that? Think about the return on that investment. Because we're sort of trained, Grant, I feel in the social media world, this social media fire hose that we have to fight with every day. You think about Twitter or LinkedIn as an example. You post, you get some likes, tomorrow you start all again with, you know, start from zero, you post to get some likes, start all again. And that's it. It's the casino of attention, right? It's, you know, it's, it's working against us. You know, you can never beat the house, so to speak in the casino. Right. And it's working against us because it doesn't want us to build assets because if we can build assets, then we control everybody's attention. And it, doesn't work like that on social media platforms. They own the attention. They own the commodity. So if you want to build an audience, if you want to own, earn attention, you have to build an asset. And that's hard work. You have to step outside of social media a little bit. You know, I don't think a podcast has social media. I think it's connected to it. Obviously use social media but you have to step outside. It's like writing a book or creating a podcast. It's commitment. It's creating an asset that's going to last a lifetime. And therefore, you know, committing to 40, 50 episodes. You know, that's going to last you for years and years. You're going to get payback. You're going to get people come to you and say, Grant, Grant, yeah, I, I, I know Grant. He's the guy that does that podcast. And they, they probably, you probably don't know this person. You've never met them. You'll get people at conferences walk up to you. Now that we're back in conference season, right? It's all starting again. Yeah, man, I listened to your podcast. That's like amazing. You get people come up to you that, you know, they don't even know what you look like, <laughs> <laughs> but they know you, right? Yeah, true. And that's there the too. wonder of creating, you know, something that's really authentic. And I think that is the power of a podcast compared to advertising. Advertising has its space for sure. Yep. You know, pay-per-click has a real, you know, it's a very powerful tool. But this is top of funnel. This is about influencing, not acquiring. You know, what a great way to influence people in your network. You what said it right
0: to it? there, uh, top of funnel. And the fact, what I realized is that now I've created uh, a library, you know, my own bookshelf. And in like my case, I have seasons, right? So I have a personal branding season that goes in the summer. I have a uh, business development season. That's in the fall. I have career development that's in the winter and then financial empowerment in the spring. And so that becomes now a playbook that I continuously can utilize and repurpose for a lot of different things, not just the podcast because it's recorded you know, I have the audio, I have the uh, video. I can then, you know, reimagine a, a, a lot of those different things for different purposes. Maybe I'm going to now be live, right, on uh, and going to a, a conference, and now I've got to have content to give them to go ahead and brand myself, so I can create that, right? Create that and, and put it out there. I also noticed you brought up another good thing. I've now learned how to use. Uh, the social media for my benefit, meaning I already know when I create a podcast and and, and and put it out on Twitter, let's just say, it's going to be top of feet because wow. Twitter is top of feet. When I put it out on LinkedIn, it's going to be top of feet or a or, uh, Facebook or Instagram. I already know and said, wow, you know what? I can control the content that's coming out. If there's someone specifically looking something around my podcast or they're going to Google, let's say, my name. I already know what's going to appear. I control Mm. that because I know how they work. Like, this is wonderful. So I can bring traffic to me. But I also love how you said that keyword ownership. You own the platform. So you're not waiting for it to, to go live or anything of that nature. You control the asset. It's yours. I tell people all the time, that's why you need to own your own website. You need to have that. That's yours, that you license is yours, that you can do what you need to do with it. Because if Facebook shuts down or or something like that, you know, you're not completely shut down. You know, God forbid, you know, your your, your hosting site goes down. But still, the asset is is there. So you bring up some very, very key points about how you can direct uh, this particular platform to be used by you at your discretion to create the type of uh, environment that you're looking for.
1: Mm, Yeah. The importance of building a system around all of that is key. A lot of people go into podcasting because it's exciting, but they don't do the groundwork that you're talking about, Grant. I talk about it. So one of the things I do is help people guest on other people's podcasts. And it's a great way to get in the game. It's an on-ramp to starting your own podcast in the future as well. And it's great now that there are podcasts like yourself out there who've built and nurtured communities. So, you know, whatever your thing is, whatever your niche is, there are now podcasts out there. What I find is that one of the important parts, I break it down as a stage story system, stage being the podcast story, being your storytelling and the narrative. And then system is what we're talking about here grant is that how do you create a system around podcasting so it works for you how do you build an asset how do you build a workflow and a lot of that is overlooked people have the stage in the story they can work all that out but they don't have a system to convert all that effort into you know outputs that move the needle on your business right you know move the gauge so The system part really comes down to building an asset and you've nailed it talking about having a website. And then what I talk about in the system is the omni-channel approach. The podcasting is you think of your podcast episode as the mother load of content, right? You think about that as your starting point. Because what people tend to do, I see this a lot with entrepreneurs is that they have all these different channels in social and the website and then the podcast and then the newsletter, And they're all vaguely aligned, but oh, I have to do the newsletter now. It's Sunday and I've got to do my LinkedIn for the week. And then I've got to do my Twitter post and it's all different things going on. And they're different paces. Omnichannel really means you do once, which is you do the podcast. And then from that, you get all these content derivatives. So one podcast, like you do, can create video snippets. It can create transcripts. You can create a nine to 12 page PDF of the transcript. And a transcript cost a hundred bucks to get done now. There's plenty of services that do it for you and clean it up. Give that away as a lead magnet, you know, something, a free, a freebie you can give away on your website, a, a list builder. You know, a podcast can create an article, which is great for SEO. And then you've got all the derivatives that you can post over social media. So What this does for the entrepreneur is not necessarily reduce the work time because it still requires work, but it reduces the decision fatigue of making decisions about what do I post where and what do I post next? You know, the beauty of doing something like guesting is, let's say you do four episodes or even your own podcast, four episodes a month, one a week. Every week, you've got this kind of rhythm section to your You know your orchestra or your band your jazz band which is just beating it's the beat it's the metronome it's the conductor whatever it is the drummer and that is the beat which is your podcast goes out every week and from that everything falls into place i think it's so important because we waste so much time thinking what am i going to post what am i going to say what happens next and if you take all of that away and you just focus on doing the podcast, it frees up a lot of creative energies lost on stuff that really doesn't matter.
0: Oh my God. And what you just said, or think about this audience. Like you came out with a new product, a new service, a new recognition. You do it one time, right? And you've already got it in, in audio and you got it in video. And like you just said, you can easily transcribe it into a written form. And then you can utilize that asset over and over again to to launch. Now you've got your launch pad out there because people consume their social media differently. You you know, there's all kinds of different uh, channels that that are out there. Uh, But if you can do it once that one to many type Hmm. uh, 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 approach, then you start saying, okay, what's the, the time and money and commitment and you, you know, do a quick ROI, you know, of, of what I would have to do uh, in 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 place of, it starts to make a lot of sense. And then you can craft your message. So someone's not having to you know discern what it is that you're doing or what is this product. So it's up to you how you want to display it, how you want it projected, how do you want it told, and then you own the story. I like how you said that narrative. I, I love that.
1: Hmm. You mentioned something very important there, Grant, you know, about the one-to-many part. And you will have realized the limitations, and I've realized the limitations in growing a business. And your audience as well, going through this, is that the most valuable part of your business Because you're not a Microsoft, you you know, for most people, the business is grant. And that's the experience that we have of your business, right? It's you and we trust you and we like you, we know you, and that's why we're buying from you. And we will listen to you because you're taking us on this journey. And that is the case for many, many businesses. And that's a really powerful uh, asset in the business. However, the flip side of that is the most valuable part of your business is the least scalable. Like There's only one grant. Right, right, right. We can't clone you. (laughs) We haven't worked out how to do it yet. Uh, You know, the AI isn't up to scratch yet. So as of today, there's only one of you. And that becomes the natural limit of the business. However, podcasts allow us to scale. They allow us to create that authentic conversation we're having now at scale. You know, it's like we're having a coffee, sitting around the table, hopefully the listeners sitting with us as well. We're just having a chat, but we're doing it to thousands of people across time zones. That's the authenticity at scale that podcasting can provide. And the fact that, you know, your content is out there for years to come, the ROI is significant. So I would look at it from that respect is that, you know, to, to scale a business, any business, you need leverage of sort, you know, in investment terms, you need to be able to increase the ROI beyond its current level. And the problem is of being an entrepreneur is that you can't, you, you, your outcome today is the result of your best strategies that you're employing, right? So the only way to get beyond that is leverage. You know, you outsource, you delegate, you hire somebody, you invest. And that's where we are with podcasting because what it allows us to do is it allows a listener, they may be listening now. You're listening now, listener, right? You're, you're hearing us, but you're not, you're here with us, but you're not physically here with us. You know, Grant could be asleep. I could be in a meeting. Grant could be flying somewhere. You know, I could be asleep. Who knows, but we're having a conversation with you. That's the power. We still can have these intimate conversations with people all over the world, whilst we're not physically, truly there and they feel connected to us. And I think that is something only now as a result of coming out of this pandemic, do we really understand the value of that? And that's something that I think won't go away that we need more and more today, that connection, that real human connection.
0: Well, this has been wonderful. Uh, uh what we're sharing. And I, 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 I already know that we've got our, like you started earlier, about those entrepreneurs who can't sleep at night. They're sitting on a beach and they're looking for their next adventure. And that could be a lot of different things, a lot of different things. And I encourage you definitely to uh, tune in to what Graham Brown has, you, you've been doing it for a, a while, doing what I've been doing now for uh, a while. And that is, the, how do I get my, my voice heard? How do I get it out there in, in a meaningful way? that people will tune into. You You attract your audience and like, wow, that you're on to something. And you, you said it earlier about you're seeing small kids, you know, teenagers in Japan, you know, doing this, this thing now we know as texting, which is now a worldwide, you know, phenomenon. You're going to see things that uh, as we go into this, you know, uh, NFT metaverse world, what is that going to look like? You know, that's a whole new business opportunity, a whole new branding opportunity. What is that going to look like? You know, and, and where is the podcast going to set in that? And we all know that the, uh, the power of the spoken word is very, very magnetic. Very, very magnetic. And if you can control your voice and be able to clearly articulate your vision, uh, and as you said, you get into a timelessness zone. You can always tune in. I, I hope I'll be, you know, like uh, you may be like an, uh, uh, the Beatles since you're from uh, England. <laughs> you know, I'm going to throw on that old Beatles track and kind of go back <laughs> in time. or throw on this episode of Follow Brand. You know, so for for we're going to wrap up now. Is there any thoughts, anything that we have not really talked about that's itching in you that you want to tell the audience uh, about podcasting, why it's important that we haven't touched on, what would you like to leave us with?
1: I feel that you just said it, Grant, that we really value that human connection, that the power of story and how that is timeless. I always think, for example, if you go back to some of the, the, the great speeches of yesteryear, even people like Martin Luther King, when he stood up on the the Lincoln Memorial, and, you know, he didn't stand up. And this, I think, is is advice for anybody out there in public speaking. He didn't stand up in front of the crowd and said, I have a plan. No, he didn't. You know, he gave that famous, I have a dream speech, you know, and you think about the power of that, the vision and how that was communicated through story that some people in this world through maybe fear or habit would rather give us the PowerPoint presentation but I think you have to be brave. You have to take on the, you know, the the vulnerability of getting on stage and putting yourself out there like King did, right? And look at the power of that and how that transformed society. And still today, you know, those words are still as powerful as they were in the 60s as they are today. And that, you know, that could be your, you know, your Beatles analogy as well. That, that the, the word the audio, lasts for 50, 60 years. You know, people are still playing Beatles songs now. We're still listening to King and influenced by it. And that's why we need to get out there. We need to find a stage. And the word stage itself from Latin means to stand. It's to take a stand, you know, to stand up, stand for something, whatever it is, even if that something is your B2B niche, but you stand for something and have a voice. And that's what I put to everybody there. I challenge your... Your audience to do that.
0: Oh my God, yeah, I love that. That that was wonderful because you, he who does not stand for anything will fall for everything. Yeah, so this yeah. is an opportunity to to stand up, have your voice heard, and and have a vision. What's your point of view? Why would somebody really want to listen to? You? And I think if you step back, and sometimes you got to do some strategizing about that. And and think what is the purpose that I'm really trying to achieve? What is my why? And how does that truly help another individual? And I think when you really have that story in locked in, man, your podcast will take off. Yeah. Yeah. So Graham, if they want if my owners would like to contact you, what, what is the best way?
1: Go to my personal website that's a jumping off point. If you want to find out about podcast guesting or podcasting or storytelling. So my website is Graham D Brown. So it's Graham D get the D in there. Otherwise you get the wallpaper company, <laughs> Graham D com.
0: Well, definitely not get the wallpaper company. We uh, will see what you're doing. You're also available on LinkedIn. I see you on LinkedIn. Uh, a yeah. lot. Add me. And I t- totally uh, uh, appreciate you coming on to the show and uh, spending some time uh, with, with me. And I'll tell the whole audience, you can view all the episodes on follow the brand at www. bdm. That's B for brand, B for development, and com. And thank you very much again, Mr. Brown, for coming on to the show. You take care. It's
1: been a real pleasure. Thank you, Chris. Absolutely.